Welcome to Breakdown to Build Up, a podcast on existential living, an uplifting, educational, and entertaining inquiry into life's big questions with me, your host, artist, educator, and all-around Renaissance human being, Jordan Guzman. A lot of my artwork is about family and a concept called psychological differentiation. And differentiation of self is a psychological state of being in which somebody is able to maintain their sense of self, identity, thoughts, and emotions when emotionally involved with others or physically close to them, especially within an intense or intimate relationship. And I'm using this definition from choosingtherapy.com. With this podcast and through my art, I document that process. And I didn't realize that I was doing that until somebody pointed out to me that that's what I was doing. It was called differentiation. And in a weird way, my current work as a nanny has informed this work. Okay. It gives me fuel for a lot of my paintings and ideas. Um, so it works for me as an artist. And also, I mean, I, I can't separate myself from my art. It's like an extension of me. But um, it's kind of given me a lot to work from. And I've also built a greater appreciation for parents. My parents and parents in general, bruh, is crazy out there. So it's really brought in my perspective because before I was just, I just really used my childhood and my parents and my extended family and kind of the stories of my, my friends and, and peers and what I knew about their upbringings and families. And now I have this other layer of context because now I'm actually in somebody's home helping with the children and also kind of seeing this um, background or sometimes being a nanny is like being a fly on the wall in other people's lives. It feels like I'm peeking in on something private and intimate and uh, maybe the astrological sun and cancer in me is so attached to home that it feels like somehow I'm invading somebody else's space, even though it's inherently tied to to the job description, but it is very unlike teaching in a school setting because in a school setting, I mean, Avi, you're in a facility and when you're in that school, like children are plucked out of their family dynamic and placed into a different dynamic with a different set of belief systems. And if your parents are go to that school, they have to kind of like believe those, um, at least to a certain degree, the beliefs of the school or the tenets of the school, the principles, values, blah, blah, blah. And thus getting a different, I don't say a different kind of child, but yeah, like a, you, ex teachers experience a different version of children because they are in school. And that's why I remember having a lot of parents say like, you know, well, this child didn't do, doesn't do this at home. I wish they did it at home, but it's a different, it's not better or worse or anything. It's just a different dynamic. And I've never had the experience of having 
you know, a nanny growing up. So the idea of a third party coming in to care for me or, you know, working in our home in any capacity is really foreign. And I'm going to toot my own horn here. And I'm going to tell you guys that I am the quintessential cool nanny. Okay. I'm very much like Julie Andrews and Mary Poppins and Sound of Music. And I, and I haven't seen those movies uh, since I was a kid up until uh, like last week where I kept saying that I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel like Mary Poppins and blah, blah, blah. And then I saw it again. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so me. I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> I love I love people like Mary Poppins. And because they, ha- you know, their dads, the dads and in, in um, or just the family dynamics are so strict and rigid and controlling. And um, it kind of, you know, Mary Poppins swoops in and lets children be children. Um, and I like that. And I resonated with her a lot because I I um, I love being silly. I love turning everyday living into play. It's literally the only way I survive life <laughs> is by by putting in play and excitement and embedding fun and embedding embedding wonder into my everyday life because it's rough. <laughs> um, and I do art with the kids. But that's not really where a lot of my extraness is displayed. More when I'm doing art with kids or art with people, my inner sage comes out. Um, and I kind of hang back and observe the kids working. But in general, working with kids helps me extract the pure goofiness um, from my being and it gives it an outlet. And you know, if you watch Sound of Music and if you watched uh, Mary Poppins, that's not to say that, you know, they're like fun and exciting, but they have a lot of wisdom to offer the kids and the parents. And they bring this like air of balance between play and uh, like the serious of seriousness of life and play and merging the two together. And there is a scene I wasn't expected expecting to like talk that much about this, but there's a scene in Mary Poppins where they, um, where her and the two little kids where she, where Mary Poppins says like, we're going to play, we're going to play a game because the kids wanted to play games. And she's like, the game is cleaning up the room. And the kids are like, what? And they make this whole singy songy thing about cleaning up the room. So what I loved about that is that it wasn't a denial or skirting responsibility, but it was how to see how to see responsibility and how to not dodge things that you got to do, but how to do it with a certain flair and in a way that makes it feel like a game and more enjoyable. So they are my spirit animals or Julie Andrews is my spirit animal. Okay. So by saying that, you know, hardly, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm a pushover or, you know, that I want to skirt responsibility with kids or anything like that, but that I build a strong connection with the kids because I respect them and their little humanities and how 
not only tough, you know, it's a tough thing to be somebody's child because parents have so many expectations of who and what their children are going to be and put a lot of work and effort, understandably, into building a life for their child. And sometimes the child doesn't want to do that, doesn't fit into that. But anyway, um, so I try to take those things into account. So even though I go in there with the understanding that I'm an artist and creative and we may or may not be doing art, the child may or may not, like I'm not going to always build a connection with them through art. It might be through something else. <clears throat> so, and a little backstory for you. When I was starting to teach kids in a preschool, I started out with two and a half and three-year-old group of kids. And nobody listened to me. Nobody. They ran away from me. And I was determined to dominate classroom management. And when I wanted to take up a challenge, like when, like when I decided that I would be good at this, I didn't let it go until I mastered it. And I researched classroom management, how to manage all kinds of kids of all ages. And eventually I landed on a book that would change the way I related to children and more importantly to myself. And the book is Conscious Discipline by Dr. Becky A. Bailey. And my mom, a an early childhood educator, she gifted me the book because I was telling her about my struggles with classroom management. And to summarize, Conscious Discipline is a brain-based social-emotional learning is social-emotional learning that builds resilience in children, families, educators, and schools. And the model for me has empowered, has I've been empowered to kind of, you know, be the change that I want to see in the world. And it's straightforward, it's insightful, it's wise, and it challenges traditional models of relating to children. And, you know, I love anything that challenges tradition. So seeing this kind of level-headed, research-based, trauma-informed tool to relate to children that not only, um, that not only, you know, helped me build stronger relationships with the kids, but also how to regulate myself was like, was crazy. And having had a background in the arts and not a traditional teaching, teaching education, I felt like I was behind somehow. And so I consumed her online content, studied her work, and implemented it, and it changed the way I related to kids. And I realized that teaching didn't only involve the skill of passing knowledge, but how to relate and how to connect. And it went <clears throat> it went deeper than the articles I read that were, you know, like 10 ways to get a child's attention, that kind of stuff. And it feels very surface, and it feels very, like, just straight up controlling. Like, I'm, I'm the authority this is the child. We need to get to the work. So how do I, I don't know, it's just kind of like trickery. And I learned that the quality of connection with a child really determines their level of cooperation. And my internal dialogue went from how do I manage or control these kids to how do I, or how can I regulate and manage myself in a way that connects to the child and the group? How do I make them feel noticed? How do I build a relationship with them? I also thought by reading this, I would finally be like caught up with all my formally trained teachers around me. And I quickly realized that 
I was not dealing with children the same way that my colleagues were and peers were anymore. But that's that's another story. Um, because I, well, I thought, like I said, like I thought I was behind. So I did all this like quote unquote extra work to catch up. And I realized that, um, yeah, nobody was kind of doing this and they weren't getting the same results that I was like with, with the kids. And I kind of say, tell this story too, is that like, yeah, I like Mary Poppins cause it's all fun and free. And the, this is like some of my life values for play and excitement, but sometimes I feel like I might, I don't know if, I don't know if people seem like this, but that, that I'm trying to, is, oh, sometimes I am. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to find ways not to escape life. Okay. And seeing the world in this way through the play filter and through wonder and through excitement and joy helps me not want to escape life in a weird way. It's like, you know, some, like I got to trick myself and to be interested in life in that way. Cause sometimes it can be like really overwhelming and feel like too much. But when I integrate play and excitement and wonder and kind of see the world through Mary Poppins eyes and, um, and through, you know, kind of like a storyline of the sound of music, it really helps me cope with life. Um, so back to nanny. Naturally, I'm a researcher and in a world, in a weird way, uh, nannying feels like research and I'm not consciously trying to research. I don't take these jobs. I don't go into these people's homes and I'm like taking notes or anything like that. Um, well, not physical notes, but I do take mental notes and part of it is because I'm just built that way. Like I'm just naturally attuned to my surroundings. I absorb the unconscious dynamics and emotions that are going on around me where sometimes I don't even know where it's coming from and have to pick apart, uh, why I feel tense or why I feel a certain thing when nothing has happened to me. Like it's not my thing. Um, but it's just the way that I've always been. It's how, it's how I am. Thanks trauma. <laughs> well, I can see right in front of my eyes how, um, how the children's sub or, or what the family's like subconscious beliefs about money, time, body image, self-control and control. Like I can, I feel like I can see it in real time, like being programmed and the way that I use that information internally is um, is ultimately to kind of like ponder on and build some type of theory or see how it integrates with my um, like my beliefs about life and people and humanity and um, existentialism. And it, all of this plays out here, you know, through these episodes. So what is the theory? What is the point 
of this, like my conclusion, parenting is fucking hard. And not because I'm a parent and and honestly, I don't want to be. I don't want to be a parent. Out of the many identities that I want to choose in this life, um, being a parent is not one of them. I want to be nurturing and loving and caring and giving and kind and and I want to give back and I want to contribute and I love working with children, and but it's just not for me. But it's and it's given me um, nannying has given me a lot more compassion for my parents because many times I want to be hard on them, you know, for parts of my childhood. My parents came from Central and South America to New York in their teens, and my dad, you know, tells me of like many horrors of his childhood and early adulthood in New York, and with all the pain and suffering that he has been through. I can imagine the immense pressure it was for him and my mother to maintain a strong family unit, being immigrants, not speaking the language, and um, my mom telling me, like, not not really knowing what to do with my brother, like, not really knowing how to raise a baby. So it's a miracle we all survived and that he survived, you know, because it was bananas. Maybe I'll have permission to share some of these stories later. So there are many aspects. I say all this, you know, to kind of say that there are many aspects of my childhood that I would have loved to change because I think they would have given me some other type of advantage or maybe things could have been different for me somehow, some way. And maybe I wouldn't be struggling in certain areas of my life if my parents knew, had access to information. But through through nannying, I see that families ask for help because deciding to birth a human into existence is beautiful and it's terrible and it's hard. And I want to believe you know, I believe that parents did their best according to what their programming was and what, what, you know, how they were programmed. And yes, many aspects of their societal, um, religious and cultural programming is and was fucked up. But one of the beliefs I have, you know, cultivated from my father is that I'm the master of my own ship and I have agency. And that belief has helped me take greater responsibility for my life, especially during the times when I'm overwhelmed and I want to escape it the most. And my mother has taught me how to treat every human as if they were my own child. And nannying has not only informed my artwork and unintentionally become a resource uh, a re- or a research tool, but it, it has ex- uh, helped me to accept my childhood for what it was and make intentional decisions about who I want to be in this lifetime. And talking about childhood, talking about our past, who our parents were, who our family was, why we are the way that we are because of them. 
that's a hard topic. That's a really, really hard topic to, to bring up and to discuss. And I know and that many people deal with, you know, or maybe not, maybe not, I don't know. I think one of the points of my podcast in doing this and, and is to challenge, um, I guess to get to get to fucking know yourself and why you do the things that you do and how um your family system's subconscious or a subconscious views about everything informs why you've chosen what you've chosen today and sometimes they're you know Sometimes there are things that you like and you want to keep going and you want to keep, you know, propelling those family systems. And other time it's detrimental and it hurts. And the goal here is not to rebel against it for the sake of rebelling or to do things different or to like totally shit on your family and childhood or, or anything like that. It's really to accept, like I said, accept it for what it is. And then now, and build some type of awareness around it. And then you get to pick and choose what it is that you want and what you don't want. But beware that when you start making those decisions, you you can ruffle some feathers because, you know, you you might disrupt the family system or how people always did stuff in your family. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> oh, you guys. This is crazy, isn't it? Life. <laughs> well, I want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to leave this podcast feeling like, damn, that was too much. I don't want to think about my childhood. I don't want to think about... Eh, well, maybe you have to. <laughs> if you're after some type of transformation, if you're after some type of, you know, or maybe even if you don't, and this is like the first time that you've ooh, like thought about, thought about, you know, pulling, opening the hood of your life and your psyche. You know, I've never been one to be shy from digging into the depths of my psyche and subconscious so I can find, you know, some truths and I can find out more about myself. And that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. People would much rather, um, you know, keep a lid on their stuff. But I think that when, when you do that, you're driven by subconscious fears and belief systems that you don't probably don't even really like and you don't even know it, but you feel like maybe like a quiet dread or like anxiety about life or like all of that stuff. Well, I still feel all of that. I still feel anxiety and fears, but now I know where they've come from and I can 
find ways to, you know, work around it. Well, thank you guys for listening again. And as always, if you resonate with my words or if it has helped you in any way or made you think differently about something, would you be a deer and just tell me? Could you just tell me? I am totally fishing for words of affirmation and encouragement, okay? Even if I don't get anything, I've done 12 episodes so far, a whole season, and I'm very proud of my efforts here. But if, I'm still going to be doing it anyway, but if you resonate, you know, let me know. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful week. Mwah. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Breakdown to Build Up. Stay in touch with me on Instagram at Jordan Guzman Art. You can email me at jordanguzmanart at gmail.com. My website is jordanguzmanart.com. Consider supporting the podcast and my creative ventures by making a one-time donation or even becoming a patron on Patreon. By making a monthly contribution, you can have access to behind-the-scenes content, my art, poetry, writings, and other exclusive creative musings that I don't share on other social media platforms. Follow the Patreon link in the show notes for more information. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be at peace. May the light of your life be a blessing to all. Be well, my friends.